0: um can i can i just put a content warning here i'll cut this out later and put it at the beginning sure i feel like we should give a content warning for sexual assault because this uh short story gets unexpectedly dark
1: yeah definitely trigger warning
0: welcome to beta project Broad- broadcasting from the nation's cap- capital yeah, yeah. Brielle, Brielle
1: and Christine Hello and welcome to The Beta Project A podcast bringing you unsolicited life advice Occasional self-deprecating humor And a healthy dose of book babble I'm Brielle
0: And I'm Christine Completely missed my cue there It's okay, post-edits That's true, people will not know Well, you just
1: explain it to them so they might know
0: don't worry about it. Okay.
1: Um, it's pretty exciting. We're recording for the second time in like two weeks.
0: I know. This is this is really a record for us in the last mm-hmm. like four years that we've had <laughs> this podcast. Yep. I guess Look we're both us. like
1: free in the summer.
0: Yeah. Thriving in quarantine. So we
1: self-decided that last episode was pretty good. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. (laughs) I started with self. I wanted to say self-diagnosed, but then I was like, that doesn't really make sense. But then I couldn't think of a different word. So self-decided it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we self-decided that our last episode was pretty good because we talked a lot about our personal lives. So we're going to continue to do that. We're going to start off
0: each episode by like talking about ourselves a little. And we might keep it. We might not. I, don't know. I mean that is how our podcast started, so we've really gone full circle at this point. That's
1: true. We yeah. used to just talk about ourselves. That was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I at one point I asked someone to listen to like this podcast, yeah. and then I was like, "So like any advice?" And they're like, "Um,
0: don't talk about yourself so much. No <laughs> one <don't> really cares." <laughs> like, oh, wait, <laughs> got I'm, it. I'm gonna bleep the name out later, but was it? uh-huh <laughs> yeah I thought so
1: he's like no one really
0: cares they just care about the books so just talk about the books and I was like oh, okay wow no screw you I'm I think we're super interesting we're gonna keep talking about ourselves hey look you don't have to listen to us if you don't want to So, okay do you want to start with your life so I am on a journey to become a twitter comedian okay Why do you sound like you don't know this? I've told you since. Okay, right. I started. I'm just wondering where the story is going. But oh, this story is just me reading one of my tweets. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. So last week I tweeted. I had a project on COVID due last week. I still don't know much about COVID, but here are some things that I learned while procrastinating. Hair and skincare strategies. Intro to machine learning. The price of luxury condos and lyrics to every song in Hamilton. So that was my week last week. Oh. <laughs> Summed up in uh, 260 characters. You want to plug your Twitter so no. people can like that post? <laughs> my Twitter is actually privated right now, so. Oh!
1: Well, our career
0: might take a while to take off then. That's fine. We're, we're going for like a. A uh, slow, slow start, soft opening kind of uh, career trajectory right now. I see. I think one of my yeah. greatest
1: fears is actually having tweeted something which seemed appropriate at the time, but later became inappropriate. and then somehow like pe- important people see it and then I get in so much trouble. So, I installed... I don't even remember what it is, but, like, I think, like, there was something that you could install so that Twitter will delete your old posts, like, it'll delete your posts that are, like, for example, two years older. Oh. And then, that way, you never have, like, super old posts that could be inappropriate or, like, cause scandal. I don't know. Just in case I ever get on a reality TV show or something (laughs) and they look into your
0: history and they're like, damn, this girl was, like so bad oh, that's how you get onto reality tv shows i don't but like if you don't have a scandal you can't make it onto a show you think that's how they cast i thought it was um yeah well, okay you are the one who watches reality tv all the time you should know this
1: well i don't think they cast at least that's not how they portray it they're always like oh my gosh we're so shocked this didn't come up in the background check
0: I don't know, I believe them. So naive. Like, what are they going to say? Oh, yeah, we cast this person because we saw this thing in their background that was super sketchy. So we thought it would make good drama. Yeah, I guess. Um, I actually became friends with this guy who was a chef at a university.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was talking to him and he was telling me about how he auditioned. Is that the right word for it? I don't know. For Master Chef Canada. And Oh cool. Literally during his interview they were like, Are you willing to throw a plate across the room? Like like pretend to be so mad that you shatter a plate and he was like, No. And they were like, Hmm, okay, then like we don't want you.
1: So Wow. I I guess it's like how much are you willing to do for fame? Because if you threw a plate across the room, like you'd probably be the villain, right? And then you'd get a lot of hate in real life. Okay. <laughs> Um, my life. So, we talked about how I'm going to therapy last week. This week, when I met with my therapist, I was like, we like, we, we, we were going through one of those thought exercises, you know, the cognitive distortions? Sure. You know, okay, so it's like, basically, the, the week before, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like so amazing, Like I like I definitely do a lot of personalization, which is basically like where... You just believe everything is your fault. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, you just like carry all the blame into yourself and don't attribute any external factors to it. Um, and then and I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a breakthrough. Like such a big problem. I can't wait to find out what other big problems I have. <laughs> and then this week we went through like the rest of them and then discovered that I don't really have any other big problem. And I was kind of disappointed. <laughs> um, weird
0: flex, but okay.
1: I was like, I was literally, literally my words were like, I'm kind of disappointed. Okay. Should we move on to the (laughs) actual book? please, let's move on. Okay. All right, guess the quote. I can go first. Okay, go.
0: What's your name? Is it all three girls? Ding, 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 ding. Woo! Okay, mine is, what is it? Where do you hurt? Is it all three girls? (laughs) Hey, yep.
1: Okay, you know what? We suck. I forgot that we didn't even introduce the short story we're reading this week. Oh, no. Okay, so our short story this week was Girls That Play by Celeste Dane.
0: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It was a heavy story.
1: It was. I did not did not expect that. Yeah,
0: me neither. I just... Anyway.
1: Okay, favorite character on three. Okay. One... Two, three, none and of them you can't say none of them. there has to be like what's your least abhorred character then? I don't
0: know i it, I didn't I didn't feel an attachment for or against any of the characters, okay, but if you had to rank them, well, who would be your number one? Oh my God, I guess maybe the narrator because like that's the point of view that you can empathize with the most,
1: mm. That's true. That's basically why I chose that too. Uh, And I just picked Angie because I I thought her name was the prettiest. Wait, do you know who narrates it? And it was also the first one. So, I'm confused. Is Angie slash Carrie slash Mandy one person? No, they're three people. So they're actually three people? Yes. Okay, and then who narrates it? All three of them? That's what I'm wondering. I don't know... So, I, I had a hypothesis that, like, they were actually one person, and this one person was just super lonely and pretended that they were three people. Okay. Because, like, it just doesn't seem to make, like, all of the, all of the um, speech yeah. seems like it's coming out of one person. It's just, it says, we asked, we said. Yeah. And, like, they all seem to work in uniform all the time. Like, they all feel the same thing. I don't Seen, know I don't if know.
0: that's, like, a plot thing or that's, like, a literary device thing. The the fact that she uses we. What do you mean by a plot thing? Like, I don't know if the fact that she uses we and describes the three of them as kind of, like, one entity is supposed to be a plot thing, like you said, which is, like, the, the, they're actually just one person who is lonely. Or if it's a literary device to kind of draw you into the story. Mm. Because when when she uses we instead of I or they, it makes you feel more complicit, I think, in what is happening in the story.
1: Mm, but why would it draw you in more? Because, it's because we. we could include... Because, like,
0: more people? Because we could include the reader, right? Um,
1: like, it mm. gives that
0: point of view. Whereas if she says I, I so. or if she says they then there's, like, a clear separation.
1: But they specify the names of the people who are in WE, which is Angie, Carrie, and Mandy. So if it was a literary device, wouldn't they just not specify that at all and just keep it as WE the entire time? Maybe.
0: I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing stuff out there. That's one of the points.
1: Yeah. I I guess that could make sense. I don't know. Yeah, I I kind of thought, like, as I was reading, I was like, are they going to reveal that, like, This is actually just one person who's just lonely and is an outcast at school. So, therefore, they make this we. So, it's like, oh, we are, like, this little clique in and of ourselves that no one likes, but we have each other. But then, like, she's still super devastated when Grace leaves, which kind of shows that it's, like, maybe it's just them. Like, just her by herself, and that's why Grace leaving is, like, such a big deal. Yeah. Maybe. What do you think... Grace was, like, was Grace just really looking to grow up? And what do you think she wished for? Remember, like, when they talked about, oh, like, we taught her how to make wishes, and she's like, can you wish for the same thing twice? Like, was she just wishing, like, to be more grown up?
0: I don't know. Maybe her wishing is, is, uh, I, like, okay, not, not trying to, like, overanalyze this story or anything, but maybe her wish that would, that is kind of symbolic of the end of her innocence. Because that was kind of the... The next scene was kind of the beginning of her losing her innocence, right?
1: Like the R-Ridden movie? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Because, like... So she just, like, she just wished that she could grow up super
0: fast. Yeah, maybe. Or it's just, like, a marker in the story to be, like... She was still pure and innocent and believed in things at that point. But then, like, later, she stopped.
1: Oh, so you think her wish had nothing to do with growing up? It actually was just, like, a something that you really that she really wanted and so so much so that she wished for it twice but then after as she grew up she's like I don't really care about all this stuff anymore yeah maybe oh okay yeah different than how I interpreted it well how I took it was like ever since the beginning that's what Grace wanted she wanted friends and she wanted to become like a girl that I don't know like was knowledgeable and adult so Mm -hmm. that was like her whole like That was, like, her whole thing, like, since the very beginning. So when she's, like, I want to wish for something twice, I thought that she was definitely wishing. It's just, we as a reader at the time didn't know, but that's definitely what she was wishing for. Like, she was wishing to, like, become an experienced woman, essentially. And then, like, that was, like, what she was chasing.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Angie slash Carrie slash Mandy was kind of, like, her, like, her way of getting that. And... They kind of realized, like, they were, I thought, they were, like, looking for a true friend. And then then they realized that the only way for them to keep Grace as a friend was to, like, listen to Grace and give her everything that they knew.
0: Right. It's kind of like the tables turned in a way. Now Grace has the power.
1: Yeah, well, I kind of think, yeah, like, I think maybe at the beginning, like, when they were getting to know each other, maybe she didn't. But she definitely, like, got the power as soon as Angie slash Carrie slash Mandy, like, became attached to Grace as a friend. Right. Then, like, everything, it was like, okay, what do you want? Fine. I guess if that's what it takes to keep you as a friend, that's what I'll do. I'll, like, teach you everything.
0: Okay, but then how do you interpret the ending where they pin her to the ground and force the bracelets onto her and stuff?
1: Well, I think it's it was symbolic of like violence right um like the violence that sometimes accompanies like sex i think i interpreted as like this is what they're teaching grace to expect but it's not like they're out to hurt grace right it's like if this is the path you want to go down like this is this is the way
0: so so yeah in a in a sense preparing women in their adulthood or if they want to be sexually active they should expect to be assaulted at some point
1: well i think the way that they describe sex in this story is basically just like assault right it reminded especially at the beginning when they were talking about like oh we never talk about like what happens to us no matter like how bad it is yeah. and, like, whatever like that reminded me so much of um like ugh, i don't remember i don't like ugh, i don't remember the exact context i think it was like um something like catherine the great or something back um In, like, the olden days in Europe, when they were trying to convince women to, like, have sex with their husbands, it was, like, close your eyes and think of England. That's what it reminded me of, where it's just, like, let him have his way with you. You're just a vessel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so I definitely think, like, they portray sex as assault. So then, like, so that's how Angie slash Carrie slash Mandy see it, and that's kind of the messaging that they push onto Grace. This is what you want. This is what it is. Super dark and, like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what to think about the ending. Like, the ending is just, like, I don't know. Like, do you think it's also because, like, Grace is so, like, adrift, you know? She's like, I've always been a latchkey kid, so it's like, this, with this, I have control and this is my identity kind of thing. So it's like, she's super excited to gain this identity.
0: Even though it's, like, misguided?
1: Yeah, like, because if she, basically she has become angie Carey Mandy by the end and angie Carey Mandy does not fit in with the rest of the school kids so she's just like i'm fine not fitting in as long as i have an identity which i never had before you think that's what it is
0: yeah yeah that could be possible i think a lot of the themes in the story are social commentaries of women it's kind of like the double standard right you feel that pressure to have sex or whatever early because if you don't then you're a prude. But then Mm -hmm. for people who do have sex more often then you're seen like which is the three uh, what are they called? Angie, Carrie Uh, Angie, Carrie, Mandy Yeah, Angie, Carrie, Mandy they're seen as sluts basically in the story because they do have sex. But then um, people who don't like Grace are pressured into feeling like they do need to have sex in order to be grown up.
1: I don't know that Grace was pressured though like who pressured her angie carrie mandy certainly didn't no but
0: just like society because i think because she felt like that's what she needed to do in order to grow up right she wanted to be like one of them
1: yeah do you think it's because like she was not rich enough to be in the other girls so it's like in order to fit in i will be like these girls who i can achieve
0: yeah maybe instead of using wealth as a way to get status, you... You sex. Yeah, because that's the only thing that you have.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was, I guess, like, a broader point um, that I wanted to ask or, like, discuss about. Like, I I think this was junior high, right? These girls were in junior yeah, high. Yeah,
0: they're, like, 13, 14.
1: But anyways, I kind of wanted to bring it to high school because I feel like that's closer to what we can empathize to since we're so old. Um,
0: yeah, we're, oh, we're <laughs> so old.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think high school is, like, a good proxy too because also yeah um but yeah like how much of what you are in high school do you think you're actually in control of versus like how much do you think just because of the environment you were raised in and like the people you're with do you just become in high school because we are i think right now we're probably very different people than we were in high school
0: oh well i am for sure i i can't speak for other people but i i am very different from high school
1: I think I'm probably more similar to what I was in high school than (laughs) you (laughs) were. But I, I too, think I'm very different. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: What do you... Well, I guess that's, like, the whole nature versus nurture debate, right?
1: I mean, yeah. But, like, more, like, personally. Like, for you,
0: do you think... Oh, for me? Yeah. I want to say 50-50, but I was bullied in junior high. Mm -hmm. Which is middle school for me. Mm -hmm. So I feel like by the time I got to high school... I had built up a certain amount of resilience. And I know that's not, unfortunately, like, not everyone who is bullied kind of comes out, like, stronger on the other side. But I was lucky that I happened to be in an environment where I was given the tools to come out more resilient. And so I feel like by the time I got to high school, I wasn't very easily peer pressured. And I know, like, I wasn't very easily peer pressured in high school. I don't think I can say the same for middle school but yeah by the time I got to high school I was kind of like well either I'm gonna find people who are lovely and will accept me and not put me in difficult places or I'll just be happy on my own yeah so at the same time I think I feel lucky that I quite easily found a group of people in high school who I got along well with and who I think had my best interests at heart and, uh, it sounds like I'm complimenting you right now. That's so You're not what welcome. I was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> so so I think it's easy for me to say that now because I did find people who I got along with very easily. Yeah, so that's that's why I want to say, like, 50-50. Yeah.
1: I think that our high school was... Okay, well, I can't say for our high school in general. But, like, the people that we hung out with did not yeah. do a lot of peer pressure. Like, I don't think I felt peer pressured to yeah. do anything
0: at any point in high school. I think it was more peer pressure to do well in school, which is but yeah. <laughs> I guess a good if there were to be peer pressure that's not the worst thing to be peer pressured into. Mhm. But yeah, I think that was like the main thing. I do think that in our high school there was a little bit of a stigma towards people who didn't do as well in school. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So so that's not great obviously. But I think that was really the only place where judgment or peer pressure came in.
1: So I guess I just have always wondered if I had been in an environment where there was... Like, okay, so I didn't touch a drop of alcohol in high school. I didn't do any Mm -hmm. drugs. I did not go out to house parties. Like, very straight-laced. I didn't have my first kiss until, like, after prom. Um... So, like, <laughs> yeah, when, literally that. when high school was over, that's when I had my first kiss. So, like, super stressed. Yeah. And, yeah. So, like, yeah, we were, like, very, I don't know, preppy kids, I guess, in high school. Uh, I just wonder yeah. if I had been in a different environment where there had been the presence of a lot of, like, sex, drugs, and alcohol. Like, would I have caved? And I think that I would have. Like, I think I would have been very easily, like, influenced if I had been around mm. those people. But at the same time, I think that I would, like... Because there were groups of people who did do, like, a lot of the things that we didn't do in high school, right? Like, in our school, it's just we didn't become friends with them. So it's, like, our natural tendency to gravitate towards a group, right?
0: Yeah. I agree with that, but I also think that it was easier for us because we were at a high school with people with similar interests as us. For people who are listening, Brielle and I (laughs) went to, like... A semi-private, enriched high school, I guess?
1: We were, like, yeah, we were in a public school, but there was, like, a special program. Basically, we were just super nerdy, and we went into a program where other super nerds also congregated.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, some people call it semi-private because it's, like, we did have to pay a little bit more than just going to a public school.
1: Yeah, I guess there was, like, a fee or something. Yeah,
0: yeah. For us, it was easier to find people who had the same interests as us. So... I agree with you. I think you we do tend to naturally gravitate towards people who, who are similar to us, but I think that it was easier for us though because so many people at our school had the same priorities as us whereas yeah, that's fair. or like the same kind of like upbringing. Whereas I don't know like I guess if we went to a school where there was only one or two people or nobody like that, then I think it's harder to say.
1: Yeah, cuz maybe your tendency to want to fit in
0: would like yeah, exactly. make
1: you into a different person.
0: True. Yeah. Yeah. I think for sure I would say I'm a pretty sex-positive person right now. (laughs) You can uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong about that. Yeah, But I I know for sure like in high school I was not at all. And I think I've swung way over to the opposite side of the pendulum because in high school it was so conservative that when I started educating myself properly, Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, there's so much misinformation out there. People should know about this. We should talk about this all the time. So I I think that's kind of where I've diverged from the person that I was in high school.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think I've diverged necessarily in that. Well, I guess in that way, definitely, in that I'm no longer as conservative as I once was. Mm -hmm. But it's more just like I now hold different values. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if I had a talk with the person I was in high school, my high school self would think my current self is a letdown be like oh you really you really let yourself go like right do not right. like you're not you're not running full tilt anymore like could be doing right. so much more with your time like what are you doing but it's just like your values are so different now or like I, I guess my values are so different now
0: it's a good thing that people can change no that's definitely how, you, like, grow I guess
1: yeah definitely like yeah you wouldn't want to necessarily always stay the same person you were in high school because that's not a fully matured version of yourself
0: yeah exactly like I really hope 10 to 20 years, I am not the same person that I am right now, because Mm -hmm. that would be kind of sad if I was.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then the last thing I wanted to bring up was we did do an episode a long, long time ago on another one of Celeste Ng's actual novels, which was Little Fires Everywhere. Yes. So how did you think this short story compared to that? Hmm. Because I was so in shock when I read this short story,
0: because it seemed so different. Really? I... Okay, I, disclaimer, have not read Celeste Ng's books in a while. I've read both of her books, Little Fires Everywhere and Everything I Never Told You. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember, like, exactly what the plot was about, but I do remember that they were both, like, a little bit dark. I
1: guess so, because Little Fires Everywhere did have teenage pregnancy.
0: I think all of her books kind of have a light tone, but then, like, very dark undertones, if that makes sense. And I feel like this fit in with that style, because... If you just look broadly or surface level at this story, it seems, you know, it's a story about four teenage girls, right? Mm-hmm. But then when you actually read it, it's it's very dark. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of similar to how most of her, the two other books that I've read from her are like. Also, I wanted to point out while we're talking about this, when I first read the title of this short story, which is Girls at Play, I was like, oh, this seems like a fun, innocent story about young children. I don't know. Or like children playing at a playground. Yeah, girls playing. Like girls at play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then I only noticed this after I finished reading the story that there's a comma after girls and it changes the meaning of the title very drastically.
1: Oh my gosh. I never noticed the comma. Yeah. Wait. Oh, I get. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah.
0: Because then it turns the word play into a noun instead of a verb and then you realize that it's not necessarily happy frolicking in the meadows playing it's it
1: becomes the girls are the object rather than the subject
0: yeah exactly
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: which is which is very smart but also very dark which i think is kind of how celeste ing writes very smart oh i definitely
1: did not realize that until you said it just now interesting yeah I guess what threw me off, yeah, like, now that you talk about it and I think about it, I didn't read her other book, I only read Little Fires Everywhere, but I think Mm -hmm. that what it, like, you're right in that they do talk about, like, girls and, um, I guess all of the issues they experience as they mature, but yeah, the difference between this and Little Fires Everywhere was that Little Fires Everywhere wasn't always from the point of view of Pearl. Ah, I forget, like, the other girls' names, like, Leah or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, it was written from their point of view, and they were coming from, like, the more affluent point of view, right? right? So, yeah. it was a very different perspective than what we see with, like, Andrew Carey Mandy, the outcast. So, I guess that's why I thought Little Fires Everywhere was a little lighter. The characters were more comfortable, because they were in an environment where they were accepted. Whereas, in here, it's very, like, it's very much a cold um, atmosphere, because... Angie, Carrie, Mandy, are kind of, like, distanced from everyone else, and they're, like, yeah. struggling to protect themselves, kind of, against this cold, cruel world.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but, yeah, I, I like the story. This was very different from last episode, which, I don't oh, know, yeah. I, I, I guess it's good. It's, like, it takes on, like, our episode takes on whatever um, tone the story takes on.
0: Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Um, For people who are listening, definitely go check out episode two. It is... Much lighter than this episode, uh, if you want to listen to some fun times. Um, But yeah, okay, then we can move on to letter grades, I guess. What what grade would you give this? Okay, I have such a hard time giving letter grades because I think there's a difference between how much you enjoyed something and how much value it has. Okay. I really did not enjoy reading the story because it was very dark, but Mm -hmm. I do think that it was very well written and it had a lot of value in it. And Okay, actually, I went on the Goodreads page to see what people said about the story, and a lot of people put, like, one star because they were like, "Oh, I don't want to read about 13-year-olds who are assaulted or, you know, like, such dark and heavy themes, and then they gave it a one star, and I was like, okay, but these things also happen in real world, unfortunately, but I do think that her short story did bring up a lot of points that are important. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Even though it's dark. So I, I don't think it's fair to give the story a one star because you didn't enjoy reading it. Mm-hmm. Because like I think when, whenever a story evokes a strong emotion, kind of that's what a lot of artists want, right? Is that their story makes you feel something. Yeah. Um, even if that's like discomfort. So yeah, I would say very low on how much I enjoyed it, but higher on how much value it had.
1: So if you were an English teacher and you read this what grade would you give it okay i would
0: say an a- minus.
1: oh same as the last story yeah okay how about you i think i think i would give it an a
0: you like this one more than last week
1: i think this one had more substance Hmm. okay i think there's like more to talk about more to analyze there i still have questions
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. And it was packed. Like this short story was very short.
1: Yeah. So so I think I think there's merit to having something to think about even after the story. It's not it's not okay. as surface level as I feel like the other one was. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so I would give it an A for literary okay. merit. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like we need to bring the mood back up a little bit.
1: <laughs> okay. Um What's something funny that we can talk about? Knock, knock. Who's there? Cow says. Cow says who?
0: No, a cow says moo.
1: Ah, ha, 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 but funny. <laughs> wow, my mood is lightened. All right. <laughs> your, your career as a Twitter comedian begins now. <laughs> Has restored.
0: Thank you, thank you. It begins now? Excuse me? Are you saying yeah, that sorry, my twi- sorry. tweets haven't
1: been funny? The
0: soft, the soft open. Remember, this is this is the first, stop. <laughs> the beginning of the soft opening.
1: Y- yeah, exactly. Well, my
0: Twitter account still is in public though, but maybe one day
1: you should. We should do a segment where at the beginning of every episode, you read one of your tweets.
0: Oh my goodness, that's that's such a good idea. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> this will be your plug (laughs) but then then nobody nobody's gonna know what my twitter handle is though they'll just get to hear like a snippet of my tweet
1: well if we get if we get enough um, likes on our episodes maybe
0: Uh, that's maybe it'll
1: convince you to open your
0: once once we get more than 10 listeners organically Mm -hmm. I'll make my tweet public
1: okay that's the goal 10 people Yeah, that sounds impossible.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's, that's why.
1: <laughs> Alright. Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay, um, our next short story is going to be Something Better Than This by Mary Gates Gill. I just decided that on my own, so Christine is finding this out on the first time. That's but cool. that's going to be our
0: next short story. I really, I really like how I put a suggestion for next week and you just completely ignored it. But that's
1: that's Thank cool. you to Felicia Al for our theme song. Go check out her band November on Facebook at The Band November. You can find us on Twitter at Beta Project Pod. These episodes can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can email us at betaprojectpodcast at gmail.com to send us recommendations for the next book or to send some good literary thoughts. And remember, when, when in doubt,
0: day, read on. on.